This question is so good. Might as well just stop whatever I'm doing. And before I go into deep detail of answering this question individually, let me just get on air, record this baby, because the world needs to hear about this because it's something that I haven't talked about. I don't think on the podcast specifically ever. I don't know if I've ever talked about this, but it's such a beautiful question. And I think it's something that every woman needs to come to understand because so many of us have experienced in our lifetimes the loss of a menstrual cycle, amenorrhea, um, PCOS, and there have also been many instances where people have done all the quote right things to get their period back and yet nothing changed. They didn't get their period back. They're eating all the food. They're eating the pizza and the burgers and they're upping their calorie gain because they read in a book that if you eat more calories you'll most likely get your period back quicker. And this is something I definitely do believe in just to be very clear. I do believe in that and I also know that you can do all the right things and still be left without a period if you have not also changed a little something that we call your mindset. And I don't love saying mindset. <laughs> For whatever reason, I feel like just the word mindset gets overused too much. So I'm going to change that to something else. I don't know what it is quite yet. Maybe I just will use my flower, flowery feminine language. But um, I want to talk in today's podcast about the link between getting your period back and the feminine essence of it and why for some people they will not have a period until they change how they feel about being a feminine creature because you can do all the right things but yet if you feel in your body, in your subconscious body, in your conscious body, in all the different parts of you, that being a feminine creature is less than, is weak, is something to be ashamed of, is impure, right? Then your period is most likely going to be on the struggle bus and it is not going to want to come back. Because I want to remind you, as we get into the beginning of the podcast here, that for tens of thousands of years, when a woman bled, she was considered impure, right? The bleeding of a woman has been something that has been poked and prodded at, but not studied in the way that it should be studied, but instead poked and prodded at um, and shamed and shunned and made up lies about and... Uh, um, uh, what am I thinking? Myths 
of the idea of what happens when a woman bleeds. Like you go study all the different cultures and their different perspectives on bleeding. In some cultures, I know in Eastern cultures, it's something to be celebrated and it's something that there's actual holidays around the bleeding, the the beautiful mystery of it all. Um, and then in other cultures or in religions, it's something that is to be ashamed of. Or maybe it's something that marks you as being a woman, being of age, being of age to what? Give birth, right? So now you are of age to give birth and to be a mother. So immediately you go from being this innocent maiden over to being, all right, you're ready to be a mom. Like that's your duty. That's your job. Um, It has so many different meanings. That's my point here. Depending on what culture you're in, what religion you're in, what family unit you're in, the stories that your parents have told you about your cycle, you could have a collection of different ideas based off of your first your first day of having your period like even from that your very first memory of hearing about a period or your very first memory of getting your period and how people responded and reacted around you whether people laughed was it a traumatic experience did people freak out were you excluded from playing sports did it uh, scare you or were you nurtured what was told to you when this happened? Was it told that you were now going to have kids or you're able to have kids? Or were you told that it was impure or that it was disgusting or that it was something to hide, hide your tampons? Like, what did you learn? Because you might have learned something in the very moment you got your period or all the way back in school if you went to public school or I don't know if this happens in private school, but you watch a a DVD with the rest of the girls and you get your first little like period starter kit. But I remember it it still wasn't a a very open experience. Like even whenever we watched this, I don't remember the DVD exactly, but I do remember that all the boys were separated from the girls and we watched DVDs separately about hygiene, feminine care. And we all got these little baggies with our first pad in it and a tampon. And we were told to immediately put it away when the boys got into the room. And me and my best friend, Shanae, we took our little baggies and we went home together that day and we ran upstairs and we opened our pads and we looked at them and we were laughing and giggling. And it was a really like fun memory to look back on now, how we bonded over that and we laughed and we thought it was so funny. Um, but uh, but that's not that's not to say that I didn't pick up all these other stories along the way. I certainly did. And then when you look at the stories that we've learned, like, I mean, I come from a religious background. I've talked about this many a times on the show. And that contributed a lot to my ideas of um, what it means to bleed. I have, I would not say that I've had the more traumatic experiences at all. I think mine was actually a pretty normal, I would say, um, experience of getting my period. Nothing, no, no super big deal about that. But where I had other, um, where I've been more affected besides my lineage, right? Besides just being a woman, because we all have this pain body within us. We all have that because all of us have ancestors, I'm assuming at some point or another that have been shamed, maybe killed, um, maybe, uh, you know, abandoned or abused for this happening, for having a cycle or being degraded for having a cycle. Something that actually is the reason this beautiful system that the divine has put into place here on earth, this beautiful system is the reason why every single person you see in your entire life is here. 
that's how powerful it is. You go to the mall, you look at all these bodies walking around, you go to the airport, you look at all these bodies walking around, every single one of those bodies, every single one of these human beings is here because of a cycle and because of a cycle functioning and working and uh, maybe one could say because of the lack of a cycle and a cycle stop being a cycle and <laughs> instead holding on to everything. But at the end of the day, it's because of this beautiful um, cervix, okay? It's because of this. It's because of the intricate, beautiful, tender, exquisite pieces inside of a feminine creature that allows every single human being you see to exist. It's powerful, and the stories that we have in our pain body from the tens of thousands of years previously are not beautiful, depending on the culture that you are from. And I don't know all the different cultures. I That's something I would love to study is hear about how cycles are celebrated and to look at the beautiful cultures and what we can learn from them. That's something that I would love to bring onto the show is talking about um, traditions of cycles that are actually quite beautiful and healing and nurturing. And I think a lot of that is starting to change. I have a, a friend here in Brooklyn who is creating these boxes for... Um, periods for your first period um I believe it's called mm, your first period box I believe or my first period box and it's this beautiful box that you give to um a woman to a girl who's becoming a woman um and it's her first period box and it comes with all these beautiful things like a certain tea that she can drink and um feminine products feminine care that's really healthy for the body and very healing and I have another friend who's actually on the podcast a while ago who creates yoni steams right and these are steams that you can make you brew them you brew these herbs like a tea and then you sit on this pot and you let your yoni be steamed so there's all these beautiful ways that we're starting to nurture and celebrate this feminine um, ecosystem what's happening within our bodies this jewel this diamond of an experience of a um, of a necessity in this world and it really is truly up to us on a micro level us each individually as souls as beings as humans to change how we see our own cycles and by us talking differently about our bodies we will be passing that to our friends to our children to our culture to the religions or the spiritual communities we are in but let's start there with how we talk about ourselves so my friend asked me she reached out and said I'm very curious to hear about if there is a connection between getting your period back and and your your views your mindset towards your femininity and I just said yes oh my gosh 100%. I have had the disappearance of my cycle happen more than five or six times now. Sometimes it is a few months. Sometimes it is a year or more. I have friends who have lost their cycles from nine to 12 years. People I know who listen to this podcast most likely have some stories of it being longer than that. And a big piece of the puzzle is to eat more because a lot of times when we lose our cycle, it is due to stress. It is due to under eating. It is due to over exercising. So if you listen to this podcast, you most likely relate to one of those things. Most likely all of them. At some point in your life, maybe you went through a period of over 
over exercising, under eating, your body feeling very stressed, you losing your period, you having almost a sense of pride about it because you're that disordered. And I'm using quotation marks. And I'm really speaking from my own experience because I remember I had pride about it. Whenever I lost my period, there was one layer of pride around, oh yeah, I worked out that hard. I lost my period. Uh Uh-huh. Uh-huh. That means that I'm kicking butt in the gym. And that means I'm really, I like, it's a badge of honor almost. Like I'm really a tried and true disordered eating person who is losing all this weight. And look at me, look at me. And that's not to say everyone is like that. Some people really do intensely feel sad and affected by losing their period. I just know at the time I didn't because that's how disordered I was. And then um, there is the other layer of then feeling even more so disconnected from being a feminine creature. So there's pride for some people around that. Like, oh, I am, I'm, I really am becoming one of the guys. Like, this is awesome. And that stems from a belief that being a feminine creature is weak or petty or dramatic or crazy. All the things that we are told as kids that women are many of us women at least. Because I remember whenever I was in high school and elementary school, I really thought that being one of the girls was ridiculous. I didn't want to be one of the girls if I could be one of the guys. And that's why I went into bodybuilding is because I wanted to create a physical armor. I wanted to be thick, but like with muscle and, and thin in regards to body fat. And I wanted to be found on Valentine's Day at the gym working out because who got time to go on a date? I'm not one of those girls that needs chocolate and flowers. That's stupid. I'm one of the guys. I'm going to be lifting weights and drinking BCAAs. And I'm going to have my arms kind of kind of out like I'm carrying briefcases. And I'm going to be walking around like this big guy because I'm a meathead. And I really, truly was that. And if you looked at photos of me, I was the total opposite. I was very, 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 very thin. And pretty frail looking. And I bruised easily like a peach. And I took pride in all that. But egotistically speaking, I thought I was turning into a guy and I had a lot of pride around losing my period because it felt like I was one step closer to being a guy. And that was now six years ago. And I went on this up and down roller coaster of getting my period back, eating more food. And I truly did want to get my period back. I got to a place where I started to understand that there was power within a cycle. Not fully to where I am now, but then I was starting to see, okay, this might be something that's actually really healthy for me. It started there, a desire simply to get healthy and to be fertile because I knew one day I'd want to have kids and I wanted to feel like that was a part of me, having a cycle again, having that time of the month where I could just rest and see what gifts and what intuition was strengthened during that time. I was really curious and that's where it started from. And there was a particular time where I lost my period. This was probably the fourth time in my life I lost my period. And it was gone for a year. And that was a very intense year of healing. Yes, I was eating all the different foods. Yes, I was letting go of counting calories. Yes, I let go of the gym. But it was a full-on year I didn't have my period. And that, that was the year I really started to make the switch from I want to be one of the guys because it's cooler to wow wow, I don't want to be one of the guys. I don't want to prove that I'm as tough as the guys. I don't want to, I don't need to say anything you can do, I can do better. I don't need to do any of that. I don't need to compete because I'm a fucking woman, which is special and unique in its own separate ways. And I don't want to prove I can do everything a guy can do and we're completely equal because I don't think we are equal in the same ways. Equal in value, yes, of course. But we're not equal in what we bring to the table. We bring... 100% 
on each side of the table, but 100% in completely different categories. Like, oh, this is a terrible analogy, but one is Italian food and one is Mexican food, okay? So, like, I'm showing it's still both very full plates, so they're equal in the weight, right? Like, let's say that's 10 pounds of, of delicious food in each of these plates. Same equal in the weight, very different ingredients. And they, they attract different things. They're needed at different times of the year. <laughs> you have cravings for one and then you have the craving for the other. So yes, we're equal in, in that way, in weight and value. But we are not equal in what the gifts are. They're different. They're different. And that was the year where I truly stopped trying to be one of the guys, prove him one of the guys, be as tough as the guys, do everything they can do. And I stopped feeling so defensive around that and offensive around that because my ego stopped feeling the need to prove anything. And I think that's really truly what feminism is, is when you can put away your battle sword and your like white knuckle grasp on proving how powerful you are and instead instead just resting in your power and realizing your power and letting that be enough because being a woman is freaking brilliant and so it was that year that I ended up getting my period back on Valentine's Day I did a whole podcast on this with Stephanie Ruper it's called how I got my period back by eating a sandwich I will include the link to that in the show notes but I I ate a sandwich and, and I got, I don't know if I talk about the feminine realization of getting my, I don't think I did. Cause I wasn't, I wasn't at that point in my life then. I was really just like, wow, I ate a sandwich and I got my period back. And I do talk more. And, and that podcast is more about the logistics of eating more. Now this is more about the energetics of it. Cause I have a much deeper understanding of that, but got it back on Valentine's day. And I remember there was some very significant meaning behind that for me because I had spent the entire year truly learning how to love myself and I remember that Valentine's Day was particularly like good for me it was just all about me I I didn't I remember having this this feeling of of being proud of myself for not feeling like I needed to go to the gym to prove I was one of the guys. I was I was walking in Boulder down Pearl Street and I was just having a beautiful day. I was watching Lovers in Love and I was realizing how much I love myself. I had my laptop, I think, and I was going to a coffee shop to work and boom, I had my period. And I just paused and I was like, wow, this is Valentine's Day, the day of love. And I've look how far I've come this past year of learning how to love myself through feeding myself and letting go of working out and and just nourishing my freaking body the only one I have so that was really a significant moment for me and as the years have gone on I've gone deeper and deeper into understanding the correlation between our the power of our yoni the fluidity of our cycles and the ease and then the being in touch with the moon and our creativity and it's so fascinating to me that my intuition and my creativity are completely linked. And I've talked about this before, but I'll say it again here. The feminine is wisdom. Wisdom lives within the body. The masculine is knowledge. Knowledge lives in the mind. So when you find yourself really overthinking, or not even overthinking, just thinking in general, when you're thinking through life, using logic to make decisions rather than feeling, using logic to win arguments rather than revealing. Wow, that's a quote right there. 
when you're doing that, you're coming from a masculine standpoint. You're using your mind. You're being linear, most likely. Um, a plus B equals C. You're trying to end the fight. That's a very masculine thing as wanting the ending to arrive as soon as possible. But when you are in your feeling, you are in your body, which means you're in your wisdom. Because a lot of times we have to use our uh, wisdom bank, our wisdom bank of our own experiences to know what we're feeling. Like, oh, Ooh, I feel this person is um, deflecting what I'm telling them. Huh, I've had this happen before. This is a red flag because this doesn't feel good in my body. That is how we use our body's innate wisdom from our own experiences and pull it into the present to help us make wiser choices about who we date, where we live. It's based off of how our body feels and oftentimes we can't explain it. It's really tricky when people are like, what? People ask me all the time, why'd you pick Williamsburg? And I'm like, you know what? I can't tell you. My body went, ooh, when I heard the word Williamsburg. Don't really know why, but it just did that. And so I ended up here and it's the right choice because my body went, ooh. And I know that, ooh, feeling. I've had it before. I had it whenever I moved to Boulder. It was very clear. I, I had that when I transferred colleges and I didn't tell a single soul. I just transferred. I just, bye. It was that same feeling and that feeling is never taking me wrong whereas my mind not to say it always takes me wrong but it's very logical and very analytical and that's not always coming from the best place for me if I want to be a feminine creature and I'm telling you this because the more I listen to the woo going through my body and the wisdom the deeper my ability to create is because wisdom lives within the body a very feminine thing right the wisdom is feminine creativity comes from your root chakra it is also your self your self-understanding, your identity, your root. Guess where your root is? It's the bottom of your uh, your entrance to your body. It's your yoni. It's it's the portal of birth. It's where where the 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 idea or the being, the creature that is wanting to be birthed will come out of. So when your yoni is in a good state, your cervix is in a good state and it's being listened to and loved and nurtured, you're probably going to write a book or you're going to move somewhere or you're going to create a new community of friends. Like when you start noticing shifts happening in your life, really healthy shifts that feel aligned and good and nurtured and beautiful, you most likely are also listening to your body more. Just take note of this. When you start to see pieces in your life shift, notice, are you also listening to your body's innate yeses and nos? And also notice, do you have a period? Do you have your cycle? And notice, again, is your cycle in touch with the moon? These things are all in sync when you're listening to your body's innate wisdom and the wisdom of your ancestors, which could simply be this feels like a yes. This smells fishy. This feels like a no. This feels like a, oh, this hurts. This feels exciting and expansive. Oh, this feels good. Oh my God, this food is delicious. When you just notice these simple physiological responses and you listen to them and you actually take action on them or, or at the bare minimum, you acknowledge them and you let them be real and you don't try to overthink them and try to validate them or talk yourselves out of them. When you simply let these things be, you're listening to your intuition and that, my loves, is part of the key to getting this flow back. And before we go into the next part, I want to talk about today's show sponsor, which I'm super excited about. Every show sponsor that I've had on recently, I'm very pumped on and I use personally. So today's is Lola and they are a modern approach to feminine care. 
Lola is a feminine found company offering a line of organic cotton tampons, pads, liners, and all natural cleansing wipes. How perfect is the sponsor for today's show, by the way? It's absolutely perfect, and I didn't even plan this. Founders Jordana Kier and Alexandra Friedman started their company with a simple and seemingly obvious idea. Women shouldn't have to compromise when it comes to feminine care products. They asked themselves, if we care about the ingredients in the food we eat and the beauty products we use, why shouldn't the same be true of our feminine care products? Yes, I am so with you, ladies. Unlike other major brands, Lola products are 100% natural and easy to feel good about. No BS, mystery fibers, or doubts about what's going in your body. Plus, Lola products come in a simple, customizable subscription. Lola will deliver exactly what you need, exactly when you need it. So the first thing that really draws me into Lola, besides them having such phenomenal products, is that it is woman-owned, and I want to support as many woman-owned companies, not because the future is female, because the future is human, but especially when it comes to the feminine products we use, feminine care, we want it to be researched and studied and created by women. It's about time. So I love that about about Lola in general. And then Lola makes your month a little bit easier because their subscription boxes are fully customizable so you can choose if you want to mix products or if you want a mix of absorbency levels, maybe super or maybe light, whatever works for you. And the number of boxes that you want to order, the frequency of delivery makes it super easy, flexible. You can change, skip, or cancel your subscription anytime. So if you ever are like, hey, I'm going to like chill for a while and ordering these products, you totally can. One thing that I don't find very surprising, but of course it is very sad and discouraging, is that the FDA doesn't require brands to disclose a comprehensive list of ingredients they use in their feminine care products. So most of them don't, except Lola. Lola offers complete transparency about all the ingredients found in their tampons, pads, liners, and wipes. And uh, I am someone who likes to carry around wipes. It's true. So that's one of the things about Lola that I really love. I love their feminine wipes because, you know, whenever I'm on my period, things are a little bit messy and it's all over the place. I really don't know what's going to happen. So I like carrying these wipes with me in my purse. I like having uh, the Lola tampons everywhere that I go because I never know if I might be spotting or something or another. And I also know that Equinox, the gym that I go to, has Lola, so it's there as well. And to, to summarize all of this, one of the reasons why I chose L- Lola as a brand to have onto the podcast is because it is all about female empowerment and knowledge, knowing what you're putting inside of your body. Whether you use a cup or you use tampons or you use pads and you're trying to free bleed and just let it come out, whatever you are using, know what you're using, be familiar with the product and choose brands and companies like Lola that are very particular about sharing the ingredients. It's not something that's really common, to be honest with you. So I am absolutely in love with Lola. So glad that they're, they're going to be on the podcast for this perfect episode for them. And this is the coolest part. If you want to get 40% off your first month's subscription, visit mylola.com and enter Maddie Moon, all caps, one word, when you subscribe. Again, if you want to get 40% off, 
off your first month's subscription. Visit mylola.com and enter Maddie Moon, all caps, one word, when you subscribe. When you decide to use this code, you are supporting the podcast. So if you're going to be buying tampons anyways, choose Lola because you're doing good for the planet. You're doing good for your body. You're doing good for women-owned companies. You're doing good for the podcast. You're just doing good in general. You're doing good for your body. All right. Let's get back to the part two I was just about to dive deep into. The other part is to merely acknowledge the beauty of being a feminine creature and doing some deep shadow work around your fears of being a feminine creature if you have them, right? So the deeper I go into reclaiming my sexuality, the better my period is, the more on on uh, schedule my period is with the moon the more I engage with being a feminine uh, creature sensually sexually and that doesn't mean being with people mind you that just means being um, okay with resting my hand on my sacred yoni and acknowledging her and listening to her and honoring her when she's a no to being entered even by myself because sometimes she's a no to being entered by me. And sometimes she's a no to being entered by others. And the more I override her, the more my period I notice in my own life says sayonara. Or at least I'm going to take a break from you because I want to be honored in my fullness. I want to know that I am safe and I am heard. And you're going to honor and respect and love me when I say no. And you're going to be there for me and you're not going to shame me. Or turn your back on me when I say no because I'm not doing it according to your standards. You know, I think there's a problem a lot of us have is that whenever we are trying to be physically romantic with someone and we try to engage in sex with them and our it doesn't go according to plans, right? So maybe we're overthinking the whole time or maybe we don't orgasm right? Maybe we're not orgasming and we get frustrated at our own bodies for not orgasming. That's a cultural thing, by the way. Culture tells us through movies and media that it's super easy to orgasm and ah, so good. And like it acts, movies act like cervical orgasms are super common and they're really not. It's not something that a lot of people have. And if you do have them, like it's blissful and beautiful and really powerful. And it doesn't mean it's going to happen every time because a lot of our, our orgasms are dependent on what our state of mind is. If our body's in a fight, flight, or freeze. Um, and we can be in those stages simply from stress, right? It doesn't mean that it's something traumatic happening. It could mean that we're in um, a, a, a fight, stage in our bodies because we hear our newborn baby crying so the last thing we can think about is sex or we might be in a flight stage because we hear uh I don't know someone the phone rings maybe all of a sudden you're distracted and like your body says no to being penetrated and being open and surrendered when these things are happening and then also additionally any one of those responses could be happening if we're we're with the wrong partner a partner that's not really present with us, holding us, making us feel safe. And oftentimes that's the case because our world is full of unconscious people in general, walking around with their phones and being distracted and being ADD or ADHD or all over the place. And and then we get into bed with them and all of a sudden from our brain bank, we think that we're supposed to be able to have this mind-blowing orgasm with this person that's really not all that conscious and maybe not even present with us. And it's not that romantic. And then womp womp, we don't get to orgasm and then what do 
what do so many of us do? We shame our own bodies. We get frustrated at our own bodies. We think that we are broken and something needs to be fixed. And the period, the creativity, our cycle, our connection with Mother Earth and the moon, our wisdom, our intuition, all of that wants to say sayonara. All of that. They all go hand in hand. So that doesn't, that's, I don't say that to overwhelm you to think that you have to work on six different things to get them all to come back. You work on one and they all are hand in hand. So pick one of these things to dive deeper into. Maybe it is that you want to be more intentional with marking the moon phases and taking note of how you feel emotionally depending on where the moon is on the sky. I have this beautiful lunar calendar in my kitchen that I just get to glance at every once in a while. Maybe you just want to begin starting to be more conscious and aware of your emotions. That's my favorite place to start is, gee, how do I feel today? What about now? What about now? And then reveal that and express that, even if it's just to your living room or to an altar in your bedroom. Like, oh, I feel like, ah, or I feel like, ah. And just making sounds and using your body and your voice to reveal how you feel because that's a way you're getting in the body. So one of them is like getting in touch with nature, the moon cycles. This one is getting in touch with your physical body. How does it feel? You could get in touch with creativity by writing a book. Go get the Artist's Way book and she'll have these prompts for you and you can have a specific format in a container to write every day. Maybe you want to get in touch with your... Um, uh, your gardening nature, because that's a thing that's very closely related to creativity is gardening and growing things. Uh, one of the things I did was I adopted a dog and I have a little baby. So I get to feel my nurturing energy come out. And that was a huge part of me going into my feminine and getting my period back, believe it or not. The more I stepped into my nurturing nature, the more I felt like a mother, even if it's not an actual child, it's my child, it's my baby, and I have that kind of love for him that I just want to adore him and take care of him. And believe it or not, that is a huge contributing factor to me getting my period back. So you could do that or plants. Um, Michaela Baum, who wrote uh, the, the Wild Woman's Way, this amazing book, or The Way of the Wild Woman, it's one of those. Um, Michaela talks about growing a bean plant. She just says like get some get a packet of beans and put them outside in your window seal and just grow these beans. That's all. Just have these beans to take care of. And she lives on a farm with all these different animals and gardens. So she really does it up because that's a way that she connects with her her feminine roots. Um, but that's a simple way you could do it, or I would do it if it, living in New York City, a way to just grow something. Also, just getting your hands uh, working in the kitchen by making food or growing your food. Um, let's see, getting getting back into a sensual or sexual practice. This is something that I talk about a lot in my program, the Feminine Spirit School, and guiding you through practices of getting into your body. That's a huge one, because if you do not accept your yoni, your pussy, your magical place of birth and creativity and identity and love. The reason why every single human being you see today is born. Every single human being you see today is born because of women's beautiful, juicy, magical, mysterious womb spaces. If you shun your womb space, how is she ever going to want to let her, her body open to release blood 
to release and be refreshed and renewed because things are, I, I believe things are released whenever we are cleansing in that way. I think stories are shed. I think traumas are shed. I think it's a very cleansing experience. I always feel like a new chapter is opening every time I have my cycle. And if you have these beliefs around your cycle that they are, it's gross, it's bad, it's something to be hiding, you should hide your period, it's disgusting, it's impure, and, and not just from your experiences, but if you're still carrying that subconsciously from lineages before you, from women before you, or your religion before you, or whatever it may be, I would not be surprised if it takes a lot more than eating all the things and not working out to get your period back. She doesn't want to come back. She doesn't feel welcome. There is an energetic block. But if you begin to, to, even if you're not truly feeling it, if you begin to say sweet things to her and say, I love you, I'm here for you, I would not be surprised if you started to feel some shifts within your body, some incredibly big shifts. I talked about this before on another podcast, but I had something called folliculitis, and that was due to getting some honey waxes on my hoo-ha and also mixing that in with shaving, which is a really big no-no. If you ever get honey waxes down there, Brazilian or bikini, do not shave ever because something about the way that you rip off the hair and then open the follicle again with a razor is really bad. But I had folliculitis, which meant I had bumps literally covering that area. And I remember I would get on Instagram and I would see these beautiful airbrushed models and their bikinis and how perfectly smooth this area was. And I got seriously paranoid. I never wanted to be with people. I didn't want to be with my own boyfriend at the time. I was embarrassed. I was ashamed. I wanted the lights off. I didn't want anyone to see it or feel it or touch it. And even if we were together, I was worried about the friction, like opening up these follicles and then multiplying because that's how they do. And I remember the disgust that I had towards her. And I just had this moment of feeling so sad. This moment, I mean this moment after like months, probably six months of shame, blame, and frustration towards her. I finally had this moment of, this isn't working. So I did something practical and I got laser hair removal. I'd be happy to do a podcast on that if anyone is interested. Um, because that was the literal thing I needed to do. I needed to actually kill off the follicles down there. That was the only answer. And I'm so grateful that I had created the funds to be able to do that because otherwise I'd still have all these bumps down there. Um, but that was only one piece and, and it's been a year since I've done laser hair removal. So it's taken an entire year to get most of the hair gone. It's kind of crazy. I'm not very happy about how long it's taken. But the other piece, the piece that I needed to start implementing stat was speaking kindly to her and telling her, I love you no matter what, no matter if you're smooth, you're hairy, you're bumpy, I love you, I love you, I love you, even if I didn't quite feel it, because saying it made me feel it. And that's a piece that so many people miss out on. They wait till they feel it in order to say it. Or they wait till they naturally feel it in order to express it. Whereas instead, I like to flip-flop it. Use your body to show how you feel and you will feel it. If you start laughing, like pretend laughing, you will start real laughing. If you start pretend crying and you scrunch up your face, you'll most likely start real crying. It's an amazing thing. Same thing with the words that you say. You say sweet things, you'll begin to feel this. And I truly did. I started to put on pretty lacy underwear, even if I wanted to just wear rags because I was so upset about her. I started to treat her like a queen. And I think that this happens a lot of times in, in like partnerships. 
um, we feel dropped by people and we want to stop dating people because they don't emotionally hold us. Well, what was I doing? What was I doing with my precious little Yoni baby? I was dropping her emotionally because she wasn't showing up the way I wanted to, her to do. This is what we do in relationships all the time. We're with a partner and we love them and things are going great and then they don't show up the way we want them to show up and then we drop them or they drop us because we acted quote crazy and so they get offline for five days and we can't reach them and it's like kind of abusive it's emotionally abusive well ask yourself are you being emotionally abusive to your sweet yoni baby and your cervix and your uterus lining and all the all the pieces in there are you being emotionally abusive are you abandoning her when she's not acting the way that you want or are you abandoning her simply for being a yoni because you still have beliefs around it being gross or bad or shameful to be a blessed, powerful, strong, mighty, tender, exquisite goddess, feminine creature, beauty. Are you being cruel to yourself for being born such a magical thing? Are you treating yourself the way patriarchal men did? Thousands of years, not thousands of years ago. I'm really caught on this whole thousands of years ago thing. A hundred years ago, 200 years ago, are you treating yourself the way a man treated a woman when he saw her talking to animals in a field and calling her a witch? Are you treating yourself that way, dismissing yourself, putting yourself down, shunning yourself for your magical gifts? Are you scared of your own power? Because the minute you stop being scared of your own power and you reclaim it, you will begin to birth things, whether it's a child or it's a baby or it is a book, or a song, or an idea, or a community, an invention, a school. Or you'll be in touch with Mother Earth. Maybe it'll end, it'll, it'll influence you to move near the ocean or the mountains. Or maybe you'll just be more in touch with your sisters again, your soul sisters. You'll find yourself deep in your relationship with your own feminine body, so you'll want to deepen your relationship with other feminine creatures and bodies. So I will leave you here with that today. Thank you for listening to this podcast. This is totally unexpected and I'm so glad that I hopped on here without any notes at all to just start speaking about this because when my friend asked me, I just felt so on fire about it. And I'm grateful that I'm, I'm grateful if this topic resonates with you and, and hopefully if you have had a disappearance of your period, this is a great place for you to stop. Still do what you're doing on the practical end with any herbs that you're taking, but also listen to your beautiful feminine energy. Listen, listen to her. What is she saying? What is your body saying? What is she yearning for? How is she wanting to be seen and touched and held and spoken to? How can you become your greatest lover to evoke your menstrual cycle? Evoke your period because you have the you have the power to evoke your period to come forward simply by calling her, simply by saying she's safe to arrive. Thank you for listening to this episode. Let me know your thoughts on it by commenting on Instagram for the post for this. And don't forget that Jamie Woolrab, who is an actor, a director, a vocal coach, a throat chakra cleansing, opening god of a man, this amazing genius, me and him are going to be hosting an event this November, the 15th to 17th, here in New York City called The Embodied Archetype, Giving a Voice to the Hidden Shadow. And in this event, we are going to be identifying the shadows of each each one of the blessed, amazing people that attend. A lot of them are my previous clients or people who have come to retreats. They're, they're returning 
We're going to be assigning and giving each one of you some sort of story to be telling. Do not worry. You do not need to be an actor or improv person or anything like that. We have a few actors that are coming because they're interested in shadow work. And then we have a few people coming who are interested, who are already in the spiritual or shadow work realm who are interested in giving this acting stuff a go. Because we're going to be fusing the two worlds, showing you how you can become more of whatever it is you're afraid to be. Maybe the seductress or the powerful standing up for herself presence Joan of Arc kind of being or maybe it's a Madonna kind of being or Medea or whatever it might be there's a shadow within you and we want to help pull her or him out by giving him or her a voice and making it a safe container to do so this event is open to all genders you could bring your partner there's even a discount if you do come as a pair so do let us know if you are interested in doing this event with a significant other and you can find all the information for that at maddiemoon.com forward slash events. And you can fill out the application there and I will give you even more details in email. And then you can have a call with the man, Jamie himself. All right, everyone. Thank you so much for listening to this podcast episode with me. I hope to hear from you and I'll see you next week.